0: Hello and welcome back to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. Skyler Hoke is still here. Uh, we dropped the duo. We're back with Tom Jacobs. Tom, how was your birthday, my friend?
1: Yeah, really good. Thank you. Yeah, I think they say something like another year older, another year wiser. And I'm not sure yet whether I'm wiser. We'll find out by the end of this podcast, hopefully, <laughs> uh, whether I'm any wiser. But uh, no, really good. Thank you. Enjoyed the break. Uh, thank you to to Brian and Ryan for, for jumping in and, and making last week what it was enjoyed the show it was nice to see uh you know it was well supported as well really nice uh view count on there and comments everything flying in as well so nice to see that we didn't skip a beat for uh for my absence yes
0: and there was the magical can you open come on tom it's like the it, best thing it, gets,
1: magical right? right that's the you know the, <laughs> the, the name's there and um you know magical performance in the end by one person
0: yeah, well, I mean, I don't know who was better, uh, Jorge Campillo or Bradley Todd getting one, two, three uh, for yeah. another time in the past year on that. Congrats Brent, to all the Campillo Brent backers. might have won more money <laughs> than Campillo. <laughs> I mean, he could have. I mean, but yeah, you, you were right, though. I mean, he was excellent. I I can never get Campillo right. The weeks when I want to bet him is when he's already kind of peaked. And it's like, okay, because I like to see a little form lead in. And, you know, those yeah. that kind of trust the corollaries or different signs pointing and try to be early on Campillo often are the ones that get those pop-up wins because, right, it seems he he comes through with them, you know, once a year or every other year. Um, So, you know, really good for Campillo. It was great to see uh, Kawamura back on a leaderboard like that. Um, You know, we unfortunately, you know, I think this is four picks in the last two weeks that have lost out by a stroke on some type of place or victory, sadly. Uh, But we're, we're in a fun swing of golf now. I I enjoy, I mean, last week was a lot of fun, and then, you know, we get to play in South Africa this week, and we get to have kind of the sanctioned events with Sunshine Tour, Um, and these to me, this is what the end of the year was last year, right, and this is kind of what we get to go into again, so we have South Africa this week, and the following week too, before we have a little break in the schedule, Um, but, you know, what are your thoughts here as we do a little uh, mini South Africa swing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty exciting because this is a new golf not a new golf course, but a new golf course to us on the DB World Tour. So they have played um, on the Challenge Jordan Sunshine Tour in the past, as recently as November, actually, uh, with George Coetzee, won the, the South African PGA Championship. And it's basically marked as a true Lynx golf course, is is, is how they mark it. And there's not many of those in South Africa, but there is a couple to, to kind of look at. Uh, but St. Francis Golf Links, designed by Jack Nicholas. Um, Steve Rawlings, who does the Betfair previews, he posted a little video um, of Jack Nicholas back in, I guess, 2006, 2007, saying that this was the best golf course he's ever seen. And when someone sort of said, you said it was the best golf course you've ever designed, he said, no, I didn't. I said, it's the best golf course I've ever seen, which is even better. Now, whether that's a little bit kind of, you know, over the top, considering he's designed a golf course and part of it, obviously, but um, it's pretty exciting still to hear. The only thing is, I don't know that we've got television coverage this week i think we're actually out of television coverage
0: i saw sky sports isn't supporting it to this week which i don't know if that means golf channel is out as well i mean if sky can't get there i i have a hard time thinking golf channel uh would it be there it's, too. It's a,
1: it's a really weird one because like they they didn't really do the kenya open properly until they, they kind of did an, an hour or so and then which made sense because it was the players but now we're going up against the foul spa where there's not many good golfers there it's It's a tough spot, Um, strategic alliances and all that. But, um, you know, hopefully we get to see some sort of highlights and and, and track because this golf course is meant to be, you know, stunning. And I think when you look at the people that contend here this week, hopefully um, it's based on the people that have played well-innings golf before. And, yeah, I think there's a couple of courses you can look at in South Africa, but not too many that I've kind of focused on.
0: Yeah, no, I think um, with the the i guess you say strategic alliance pga tour for steepy world tour you know we do have this being a co-sanctioned event with the sunshine tour i think there's 79 total national spots um that are that are given in the field i think there's uh, that, that was one trouble i had because I, I love getting these fields in this this area because i think this is what got us so excited to the end the year because you get guys from you know the lower tours that have a chance yeah. to elevate their game I mean, like we talked about the week prior with Kitayama, how exciting that was, uh, you know, winning for him last week, we got to see with Minwoo Lee, you know, I mean, that was unbelievable. Sunday obviously didn't go his way, but, you know, really, really cool. And in some similar fashion, we get to have that same type of thing with this um, this week. So uh, I'm hoping, you know, that we can get some of these Sunshine Tour guys into the mix here. And and one of them specifically is a is bet that I'll talk about later that did that same thing just a year ago uh, when we look at it uh, and now has completely changed kind of his his career golf path Um, but let's go to the top of the leaderboard uh, or odds board we have uh, starting at 22 to 1 so we're getting longer and longer with these guys I woke up Saturday morning and I was like man Bob McIntyre might do this he's making a run at it. Is this going to be one of those favorites that win you know, it's a little bit different than Scotty Scheffler just ripping off wins and, and yeah. John Rahm, right? We've got we've got Rosner 22, Jordan Smith 25, uh, a little one-two punch up there. But we're starting our card early, Tom. 28 to one golfer. I think it must be three weeks in a row. Uh, we bet him a lot. I was proud of myself for holding off, and once he showed that glimpse of form, That's it. man, <laughs> he's in. I, I cannot stop betting Jade and Trey Skaper. Man, tell us why uh, you and I, and I think a lot of the industry, will be back on Skaper this week.
1: Yeah, like I don't think there's any reason to go off of him, right? Like you, you sort of saw that one performance from him that highlighted he was in good form. He's continued that on ever since. He's now been 17th, 13th, and seventh his last three starts. I think. The seventh last week is actually probably about as, as bad as he could have done as well. Uh, in the end, I think he actually had a really good chance to get closer to Campeo and even win yesterday, which is which is a good sign and maybe a bit of a negative in the sense that he didn't get it done. Um, but it's all it's all experience, right? He's, he's still a pretty young golfer. Um, being in that mix is, is important. And he now returns to this golf course at St. Francis Golf Links, where he's finished fifth, sixth and tenth in three starts, which bearing in mind he's a young golfer, um, playing that for the first three times in his career, I think that's you know incredibly impressive. You go into the fact as well that he was sixth in ball striking last week, which was built by being sixth in driving accuracy and third in greens and regulation. And I have literally no negatives to say about Scaper other than the fact that we're waiting for it to happen for the first time, and you know you're you're being asked to take a price on that happening. But um, like you said at the start, it's hard to quit him and really hard to overlook him in his current form.
0: Yeah, 100%. There's books here, 28s with the each way still available, you know, as we speak late on Monday. Um, It's just, you don't want to lose this one, right? Like, I think 28s probably teetering. If it was like 25s or even 22s, we might have taken a little bit. Look, 28 still gives you a spot with an each way with places to to not worry just on the outright. I think you're right in saying 7th was disappointing last week, right? Second at the halfway point, shoot 69-69, uh, was awful Saturday morning, rallied on the back nine, just got nothing going on Sunday. Uh, was really frustrating, he didn't place for us two weeks ago. Uh, if you remember, he quadruple bogey the 17th hole and finished 11th. So, uh, you know, just very close to being back-to-back top five, back-to-back places, and with the familiarity to the course, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think he's going to be a popular selection for that manner that hopefully we can, you know, have an industry W with that. I think for I me think also just like
1: on, a, on an experience level, having one of these golf courses, one that you've played three times already, which is probably a rare occurrence for someone of his age and one that's fairly generous off the tee, maybe just takes a little bit of pressure off in those kind of final rounds. I know obviously he was brilliant off the tee in terms of actually last week in third, but You know, just just not having those horrible visuals um, crowding you in somewhere like Kenya where it's really hard to kind of hit fairways and stuff may just be a benefit as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that course played tighter than I expected last week. Um, So totally agree. I'm sticking up here. It's not often you're going to find me with two selections, uh, 40 to one or lower, Tom. But I I wrestled with this one a lot. Uh, and, And it's really just... Maybe because the golfer, if you eliminated the name from this golfer and you saw the stretch of form that they have the clear best golfer in this field, in my opinion, over the last eight weeks, 20 rounds, however you want to kind of round it that way, like you has had a really good year, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, like a little bit of a a, a renaissance from what he was, right? It seemed like when he was off for injury for a little while, um, came back, What we're at back to back third place finishes. Really didn't sniff it at the Hero Indian Open, Um, you know, from a leaderboard standpoint of actually winning. But he was solid and steady. Um, And this just continues that progress of what he had. He closed out the year pretty pretty well for him in 2022. And then as we kicked off 2023, what I like is I don't really look to him sometimes in these early in the year events. Um, I don't know, like maybe that's just habitual um, from, you know, not seeing as much success, um, but he played solid to kick off the 2022-2023 season, 23rd in the South African Open, 13th at the Alfred Dunhill, and then he's gone those back-to-back third-place finishes. And that alone separates him a good margin in form from anybody else in in kind of this field when you're weighting some of those field strengths and what he's played in and how successful he's been. And when I drew that up before the odds came out, I thought he might be, you know, right up there with Rosner and Smith, truthfully. And I know he opened 25s in some spots, but there's 35s to one. And to me, that's way too long. I, I am definitely in uh, who I think is the most informed golfer right now on the DP World Tour.
1: Yeah, and I think we've, we've already seen in recent months that the, the, there's been these renaissances from, you know, of Marcel Seam and that that's enough really, to give you the confidence they can do it. And to be honest, Louten wasn't even maybe in the same bracket as him. His was injury-related as to why he went away in the first place, right? And I think COVID was pretty hard, and him. must seem to remember that being a bit of a factor as well. So just a couple of really interrupted years. And when you look and he starts playing the way that he has consistently, you start to think, OK, if they were the only issues facing him, are we just going to get a kind of return to what Josh you know, Lauten was in 2012 through to 2018, um, you know, like you say, you've got probably the best golfer in the field. And as Smith and Rosner are priced on their potential, you, you probably, Lawson should probably be priced on one, his current form and the fact that he's, was he, a six, seven time winner on, on the DP World Tour. Like it's, it, he's, he's not going to prove it to you. And like Shaper, we're talking about that saying like, you know, we, we've got to see the first win. Lawson's been there, done it and, and never going to worry about it. And he's still the right side of 40 as well. So it's not like he's, He's gone at the game. Um, six-time winner on the DP World Tour, beating Bjorn, Jimenez, Fleetwood, Wiesberger, Wood. Um, it's, a, it's a hell of a scalp.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, it's been five years since he won, right? Like, I, I definitely <clears> considered <throat> uh, his to tune, you know, in this same manner as he's come off, you know, incredible stretches. His has been kind of round-based. If he puts it together for four rounds, he's going to win soon. Yeah. I mean, he's first-round leader, and then round of the day Saturday, and then blows up on uh on, on Sunday, and then reverse course. You know, like he's definitely had that. Gavin Green was interesting at fifties to one, as he started to show a little bit of life here and there. But I just couldn't push away the best golfer in the field. When you look at kind of how you weigh out these, whether it's at a golf, whether it's tour tips, whether you know you're just kind of watching. I mean, it's definitely in some good form right now. And thirty fives felt definitely enough for me to put him on the card.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think there's there's nothing negative to say about him, other than I guess. Maybe if you think that longer hitters are going to prosper here, does that negatively impact him? I don't think it does because I don't think he's ever struggled to keep up and he likes links golf. So, um, but if you're looking for just pure bombers and things like that, then, then maybe he's the one to go to avoid, I
0: guess. Yep, yep, totally fair. Um, uh, we're both skipping this 40s to 50s range, I believe we got 60. Um, on our card for the next golfer here and because we get to come back to south africa we just get to bet these young phenoms from their home course or from their home nation um and keep going to it so i i, believe oh, I do i do I have, have skip- one sorry
1: i do have one in the 50s so okay okay uh, got so,
0: 60
1: yeah so 50 to one matthew jordan um okay. based on he looked really frustrated yesterday and that's been a lot of recent signs, right? Like every time he seems to get to the end of Sunday, he seems to struggle. But I'm just thinking about like links tests and things like that. That plays right into Matthew Jordan's hands. His best performances have been at the Alfred Dunhill Links, Portugal places that reward links golf. Um, the, the the form is incredibly consistent at the moment, and it's just it's just taking that final set. So like you just said about Hisetun, where it's kind of round based. Jordan's a little bit the same, basically being in and out of the top ten in multiple events recently, 34th and 20th to start the year in the Middle Eastern swing. Uh, 19th at the Raz El Khama, who is 10th at the halfway stage. Um, 17th at Singapore, who is 16th going into the final round. And then last week, he was 6th going into the final round. Um, and he was really bad, and and that has been the case for him on Sunday at the moment. Uh, so that's why the 50-1 to 1 is tough. I guess. And it was basically between him and Wilco Nienaber, uh in this range for me. I thought Neighbour could you know, potentially unleash his driver a lot around here. Uh, but I just went with Jordan just because I think the consistency, I like it. And I think that at some point, we we always talk about these people, are oh, they let you down on Sunday, etc. Until they don't. And I just wonder if that until you don't comes from Matthew Jordan soon.
0: Yeah, Axis got a licking for betting Connor of for the Stane Manners last week. Um, but Seam has also come through. 50s gives you plenty of place value, and I agree. You, put, you get yourself in the situation more often than not. It's going to come through at one point. Um, yeah. And if we do see that carry carryover, absolutely. He's somebody you always have at least a Lynx uh, level up when um, that style of course comes around. And
1: considering how bad he was on Sunday, he was still 10th in driving accuracy and third in greens regulation at the end of the week. So to me, that's huge plus for someone of that has his ceiling as well. I think there is a, a win coming out for Matthew Jordan.
0: Love it. Love it. All right. So then I'm fair to go to our selection here, that correct?
1: Yeah. Ready to go.
0: Um, so we, we were in together on Scaper. We're going to go back again to, it's, it's the same thing, right? It is the exact same thing when you're betting Casey Jarvis, yeah. same pedigree from an amateur standpoint. Young phenom, cutting his teeth, big easy tour, challenge tour, pops up to the European tour, contends a little bit, goes back to, you know, his his home um, tours and plays really, really well. And he's been around that lead enough times, and it, it's just going to come through one of these times. And I think, you know, last week, and he's got a little bit of that histatune tune esque you know, where it was open with a 66, close with a 65, right? It was 14th. After round two, you know, one bad round. I mean, I can't say that. Instead of shooting a 74, you shoot a 64 yeah. and you win the tournament, right? That's a that's yeah, yeah. golf shot. I get it. But he went and turned around and shot that 65 on or 63 on Sunday and proved himself by 11 strokes. Right? He shoots under par. This is the top six here, you know, cash and each way for us. So um, it's just enough if you pull out the, the upside of a Jarvis's 60s he's just right here man he he can absolutely play with these guys
1: and and these are the ones right where you're you're not going to get the value backing him on the sunshine tour the challenge tour in the South African events you are going to have to try and take him in these DP World Tour events I think he's plenty good enough uh fifth straight top 25 finish ninth and second in recent South Africa starts and he was second at this golf course behind George Cotier in in November so there really is Very little to to dislike about Jarvis, very much the same as Skava, like you said. Um, So, yeah, uh, we're betting on the upside of these younger talents and expecting to break through in, I guess, are we calling these like second tier DP World Tour events? Is that fair to say? Maybe even first in my heart. but Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. We we love them from a from a betting and viewing standpoint. But like from a field quality, I guess they're probably even Yeah, I guess you've got the Middle Eastern and like the Wentworths and then you've probably got the French Opens and then you've got these. So uh, maybe even thirds here. And and that just screams to me that there's some value on someone like Jarvis. Yep,
0: Yeah. 100 percent. Um, let's see. So we've aligned on three or I guess two selections here so far. I've got another 66. Uh yeah, and we got our next one. Okay, so I'm gonna go. Yeah. I think this is the standout bet of the week, my next one here. Um it just it feels wrong, and I mentioned it right off the top of a golfer who changed the trajectory of their career by winning one of these type of events, right? And it wasn't that long ago that what it was the the 36-hole Joburg Open in November 2021 that Tristan Lawrence, you know, kind of elevated himself into an entire new player, got to have consistent starts in the DP World Tour, has a victory, then an Omega. And then not that long ago, right, he wins back in his home, uh, home nation here at the South African Open. Um, so that was December. And then we just haven't seen much from him outside of that. Now, he flashed a little bit of life, you know, prior to that. But he is absolutely somebody who goes in and out of form often. And similar to a Camp POS, you know, in the sense of their styles or places or numbers, you just go back to because you know what's going to come around. That's how I feel about Tristan Lawrence, right? He was, uh, you know, uh, let's see, yeah, two wins in 2022, one win so far in 23, one in 19 one in 18 with littering top fives all across the sunshine tour you know throughout the years of leading up the dp world tour and here we have them at 66 to one in this field right we're talking about upside with shaper we're talking about upside with with jarvis we're talking about a sunshine tour you know churning men coming up here it, it, it's just a different feel, and i mean we, we were betting for and lawrence on like the open championship you know <laughs> of like hey he played well at the scottish like this yeah. is something that I'm definitely intrigued on. And here we are at an exceptional number for a player of this caliber. And I mean, we haven't seen him in a little while because he went and teed it up in the Arnold Palmer invitational where, you know, he didn't make the cut. I, let's see how many strokes he ended up finishing off of the cut line. I think he finished plus four. What was that cut? Like plus he two. Was, he week. was.
1: He finished 84th on the week. So I guess he was a couple of shots out. maybe.
0: Yeah. He was two shots out. He was really good off the tee when he was there, which you do like to see. His second round, ball striking-wise, he was exceptional. He gained like a stroke and a half off the tee, almost a full stroke uh, from approach, so some really good ball striking numbers. So to see that kind of upside, it actually reminds me of Marcel Seen when he came over and played the Pebble Beach. That last round we got out of him was his best round there at some of the best ball striking numbers. Got comfortable coming back in the States. Are, are into the DP World Tour after being in the States. Wins the next time out. I mean, Thriston had a couple of weeks to get back to his home nation, and he can tee it up at 66 to one. Tom, I just love it.
1: And he was third at the halfway stage as well in Thailand. Like, you look at his recent results, and it's like Miss Cup, 42nd Miss Cup, 38th Miss Cup, but that doesn't tell the whole story. Like, we just said he wasn't that far off in the Arnold Palmer field, which is obviously an elevated event, even to what normally the Arnold Palmer would be. Third, you know, going into the weekend in Thailand, which you don't necessarily consider probably great for him considering he's generally built his stuff. The thing I like about Thriston Lawrence, and I feel exactly the same way about Thriston Lawrence as you feel about Campio. I just can't get him right, so I tend not to bother trying. Um, this but,
0: feels though there's nothing pointing to it, right? It's just a no, number. No, ex- ex- exactly
1: of- that. Like, I, I, can't, I can't say why other than he is an outlier in terms of the odds board. And what I do like is that the fact that he beat Matt Wallace at Surs, yeah. like I think it's massive when these South African golfers um, win outside of South Africa and I know that sounds really basic but we see a lot of these like George Cozier made a whole career out of just winning the DP World Tour events in South Africa right and and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but you want to see them winning on different levels as well and George Cozier obviously has he's won Portugal and Mauritius and things like that but you want them to go to the next level and Thresden Norris has already done that so yeah, it's a tough one. I feel a bit the same about him and Van Tonda in the sense that I think they've both got high upside and in this kind of field and a lot of volatility, which actually normally leads to more wins. And, you know, there's, there's Jarvises and the and escapers that, you know, build that consistency in and, and lower their price. But who do you think's got more chance to win? I don't suppose the win equity between those two or three golfers is that different.
0: Yeah, 100%. All right, I'll lead us in, or I'll let you lead us in. Excuse me. To uh, we're we're aligned on three, Tom. Three yeah. of them this week. This is fun. Tell us why. Uh, another golfer here.
1: Yeah, JJ Cynical, who is as you've already alluded to, the journeyman golfer that, that you mentioned, right? And he is the one that we don't expect to win these DP World Tour Rents and do just bully the South African uh, course, but uh, tour, but that's fine. Um, he's a winner on this golf course way back in 2013. Uh, he recently won the SDC Open on the Sunshine Tour, so he's got the recent form as well. 14th, 6th, and 3rd, either side of that win. Um, so you're talking about a person that's, what, 14th, 6th, 1st, and 3rd in his last four events. It's it's unbelievable form. It's probably the best form of his career. He has been higher ranked in the world than this, but I can't imagine his form has ever been better than this. He's now coming to course, like I said, he's already won out He's finished 7th at, he's finished 16th at. He was 30th here in November when George Cozier won, as I mentioned. But he opened with a 68th third after the first day. And he wasn't in as good a form as he's in right now. So I think just the, the combination of the current form and the fact that he knows he can win at this golf course, he generally plays well at his golf course almost every time. He has he has actually had three missed cuts, but when he's made the cut, he's he's right there at the weekend. So I think Senegal is probably the best of that kind of... If if we're considering Jarvis and and Skaper as Challenge Tour, basically DP World Tour players, then I would say Seneca of the Sunshine Tour run is probably the best of the bunch.
0: Yep, Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I think, you know, Mm. when you aggregate form versus some of the other DP World Tour guys, his Sunshine status and and way he has played, uh, you know, has definitely been enough to be top 15 in this field pretty much yeah when you're kind of waiting it that way which is great to see because it's always hard to compare in that sense um uh, and it's not that much you mentioned like much of a, a level up in some ways um i think we can talk about a few different sunshine tour guys i only have one more selection it's really deep down the board did anybody else kind of catch your eye that's getting a, getting a start this week um, or probably even next week? We'll have some to kind of look that we might be able to round and do a little bit of form and uh, bet on next week.
1: So, Yako Prinsloo played last week. After finishing second and third, he finished 73rd at the Kenya Open, which wasn't great, but he's got a 16th and an 11th here. So, he might be someone that could be worth um, looking at. Peter Moorman always seems to come up in these sort of things. Um are we considering Oki Strider as sunshine, or has he now made himself as DP works? Well,
0: he's won two of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what do you, I don't even know what what odds is Strider this week?
1: He is. Let's just have a check here. let will check. You can get a hundred to one on him in the states.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: That's that's pretty big, right? Should we be? I
0: mean, he's won like two out of his last six starts.
1: It's, it's strange. Let me double check
0: it? that, right? One. Yeah, yeah, he's won now for Dunhill. Four, downhill. five, six, he's and the Super Two class? out of his last seven starts.
1: And he's beaten Otegi and Banamaki, here at the top of the board this week.
0: And he's a Tom, we got to add him. We have to. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Like, it's no different than Thriston in, in that way, except Thriston's a definitely a lot higher caliber. But why is the two time winner out the... uh, of seven?
1: He's also finished second on this golf course before. Check
0: okay.
1: Yeah, he's got eighteenth, nineteenth, and second place finishes here. Obviously in a yeah, lot so, lower. A, a
0: second was last year though, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's in the in the St. Francis Lynx, which is obviously a probably small event, but does it matter in the form that he's in?
0: And he's the seventh highest ranked OWGR player. Which isn't a surprise is, there, but is, yeah, I mean,
1: are we doing a live ad here between the both of us?
0: We've never done that before, where we're just like, well, sometimes I try to convince somebody. Yeah, you try to. Get yeah, it's me, different. Like, like
1: well, one of us has picked one, and we add it, at each other's. But both of us just all of a sudden having a realization that we've probably left one out is. is yeah,
0: new. I love it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm adding Aki with you. Let's do this, especially because my next golfer is way down the board. So I don't often like to go above six unless I have a deep shot and. You betcha I got a deep
1: shot.
0: So it works out okay for
1: it. The the only other person I kind of looked at was, and this was, I assume to remember this was right back at the very start when we were doing podcasts. And, like, his name's, like, I always said it's Shitey Cat, which it definitely isn't. But like, Like, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I feel like he's popped up for some reason. I mean, he's in terrible current form, um, but he's got third, second, and fifth place finishes at this golf course.
0: Yeah, no, I... Uh, he he can't saying, play golf at the moment,
1: yeah.
0: but... Yeah, uh, he he definitely... I was kind of intrigued, like, Brandon Stone was in some form, and he gets to show up here, right? Uh, let's see, Albert El- say... Dylan Naidoo
1: has got a fifth here, um, and was yep. seventh last week in the Medi-Clinic in, on the Sunshine Tour.
0: Where's Taylor won on the, on the Sunshine Tour last week? He's still, like, 250. So I believe that was his home course last week. Um, so that home course narrative can run. Yeah. Uh, that's a good thing. David, David Lingworth almost did at the players championship last week too. Um, He's great. Okay. I, I think then we can go uh, into an advertisement in sense of advertising for ourselves. If you're an audio things. listener, right. If you're a audio listener, you can find us at daily fantasy sports picks and bets. The mix available on all your different podcast platforms. If you want to listen to us on your commute Tuesday mornings, it'll be up by then. So we appreciate rating, reviews, uh, subscribing for us. The YouTube likes and comments go a long way too. It's fun to always see those every week. Uh, we just love the support. It's a lot of fun. And I'm going to pull up this tweet, um uh, from Sunday, which was really cool.
1: <laughs> it, are you saying that someone was nice to us on Sunday on the week that I didn't actually turn up? Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, it was Uncle Big Nick who always tweets at us quite a bit at LSU Nick four one three. He finished first and fifth in the flop shot, which is the big nice. uh, draft, which is the big DraftKings DP World Tour um, DFS contest that they offer two thousand dollars there for first place. So congrats to him. Um, so we always listen, so appreciate your support always for that, and congrats on the big. That, that, that's a huge win.
1: That is huge. That's nice. Especially on a DP World Tour. You don't you don't get many bigger prizes than that at the moment?
0: Um, no, that that's it. That's the top prize you can get. So good yeah. good for him taking that down. All right. Um so last week, you know, Tom, um, you were off. I don't know if you got swept up in the the Kabugu uh sweet did, that was see, going on
1: i did see some
0: of this yes you know tried my best at 1500 to one and you know i bet the younger brother i bet the younger brother who had shot a 66 the year before who was inside the top five going into the weekend there was some absolute scenes on 18 when his older brother uh little mathiah his older brother um, was making uh birdie putts almost thinking eagles on eighteen. Got to play the weekend. So really, really cool when you kind of get the local uh players there, especially because that event's so well supported. Um, it's magical. It literally is magical there with all the support that they get the players uh getting their exemptions from the Safari tour. So unfortunately, our fifteen hundred to one shot did not come through. That means if my math is correct, we have like fourteen hundred and fifty-one still available to nice. us if we keep betting those guys to break even. So Tom, yeah. we got we got a long time. Even Pat got like Pozzola and Cam Stewart on there. Yeah, I, saw, had to, like, I saw that. Be drinking beers oh, I... with Cam if we hit that somewhere. <laughs> so I promise these guys one day we'll find one.
1: We, um, we've we got to do it. that's come through. I mean, oh, it probably will be in like South Africa as well. Oh, for sure.
0: For sure. It's going to be like some lowly that absolutely. That's our, that's our peak. That is our masters, right? Like yeah. that's what's going to happen for us. So, um, we only settled it with 400 to one for this week's selection. Uh, what for are you it, doing? I know it's weak. I know. I know. But we look at it and here we are with, I mean, it just fits the bill. We bet Jaden Triscaver. We bet Casey Jarvis. There is another young phenom coming up through the South African ranks. Um, and his name is Yurov Premlal, 19 years old, turned pro uh, just last month in February. And he has played, I think, just two events since he's officially gone pro. Um, And or uh, I guess if you include all the February, he's played five events total since the start of February. He uh, has played three challenge tour events, 44th, 9th, and missed cut. He did get an invite into the international series where he made the cut. And then last week in the co-sanctioned South African tour uh, event there, he finished 5th. So, you know, you kind of look at some of that pedigree and then you go into his amateur ranks where since 2018, he has had at least two victories every single year in the amateur ranks. So two in 18, four in 19, three in 20, two in 21, two in 22. Um, You know, so you see him winning or at least like competing in some big time events. I think his biggest event he played in was the African amateur stroke play, which he finished second to. Um, to start off the year, which, like by the weighting of it, is one of the really big events that you get to play in. Um, so, the kids got game, no different than kind of what you saw the come up of Jarvis and what you saw the come up of, of Scaper. It's identical, and you're getting that at 400 to 1. So, I don't know if it's just the fact that, you know, we don't really have that, that professional rank and opportunity for him yet, but this is that first shot um, since he has turned pro on the DP World Tour, and he comes in and, and it's a decent form.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think any time you can find these guys earlier than everybody else, it is great, right? That's what you do. You do you, you identify these players. I'd probably just wait until Casey Jarvis makes five top 25s in a row and then goes, yeah, let's bet Casey Jarvis is a youngster. But um, if you can get the guys earlier on, then that's the way to do it. And everything you've kind of laid out there suggests, especially the the recent start, right, the most recent start of all of those um, on the Challenge Tour or the co sanction event last week when he finished fifth is... You Know it's impressive. So, two effectively two top nine finishes in his last four starts is, is pretty big. And the fact that he's getting those invites to the international series is good, that means he's on their radar. Um, the fact he closed out die data with a 65 in the final round, huge as well. So, it's all just good reps and, and everything. It, you know, there's a reason he's 400 to one, it's probably going to be a bit too early, etc. But what's good for his professional development at the moment, I guess, making the cut and finishing top. 30, 40 is great. So um, why not start sprinkling some of those bets in as well? I'm sure top 40s and things that will be available as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, Stanley from Tour Tips was on him last week when he placed. So, you know, always trust kind of Stanley's takes in a sense of kind of grading out these players when they get to have these shots. So. Uh, no, I'm definitely excited for him and it just follows the tune of our betting card and you know, really hoping to, to come through. We've been close. We've been missing out on places by strokes, a mere stroke at the last. Could have gotten Scaper into it last week. We could have had Yannick Paul a couple weeks ago, but overall I would say twenty-three has been kind to us. Um, starting off on a good note, and let's keep it rolling. Um, Tom, do you want to roll through your betting card here as we close out?
1: Yes. Yeah, so for me, Jaden Trace Scaper at 28 to one, along with you as well, Matthew Jordan at 50 to one. JJ Cynical, uh, no, sorry, Casey Jarvis at 60 to one. JJ Cynical at 80 to one. Just another little nugget on JJ Cynical. Um, that I kind of left out was that he was recently third at the Nelson Mandela Bay Championship as well, which was hosted by Humewood, which is basically South Africa's most classical uh, links test. So that may just be another bonus in there as well. Um, and then are we going to go with Oki Stridham as well there at the the 100? Did you say hundreds of 1 it was? Yes. yeah, 100 to 1, 100 to one for him.
0: <clears throat> um, So I am in on Jaden tracegate for 28 to 1 use Luton 35 to 1, Casey Jarvis 60s. Uh Morant 66 to 1, my favorite bet of the week there. JJ Seneca, 80 to 1, Shridam 100 to 1, Yurov Kremlinol 400 to 1. There is somebody that now I'm realizing this that we didn't bring up that I I I struggle on a betting card not putting on actually because of what how kind he was to us. We are getting Dan Bradbury hmm. back into South Africa where he had his victory, right? He's yeah. much lower, 60s to 1 this week, um, but man, uh, I would be shocked to see Bradbury after a little time off, get right back to it. Maybe next week we can hop under there, but uh, that closes out on my end. Anything else for you, Tom?
1: No, I think, like you say, Dan Bradbury is always worth looking at now. I don't know quite whether he's going to prefer the the kind of more technical test he had or the links test that he's going to get this week, but well, so technical's wrong, but like tighter or, or the open one, but I think it, when it all comes out, he'll probably be Good at both. So, uh, yeah, Bradbury, nice little selection there to, to add on if uh, anyone wants him. But, uh, yeah, really happy with our card. It's nice that we align on three players. Uh, nice to be back uh, one year older as well. So looking forward <laughs> yes. to the rest of the season.
0: And I've got the recipe for Valspar. We saw Kitayama right at the API. We saw Min Wu almost take down the players. It is Victor Perez. Yeah,
1: yeah. Tampa, yeah. I, I, I like Victor Perez a lot. Uh, I think it's a good golf course for him. Um yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with that.
0: For sure. He can, be, he can win for both of us twice already yeah, in the year. We'll be, be, nice. we'd be
1: excited, wouldn't we?
0: Yeah, yep, 100%. All right. We will close on that note again. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your support and we'll catch you for another week in South Africa next.